You are listening to the Fur Road Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God and love people. For more information about Fur Road, visit furroadcc.org. That is F-I-R-R-O-A-D-C-C dot org. Now for this week's message. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray with me before we start. Father, we come before you today, and you are an awesome God, and we just want to praise you, and we could just spend all day thanking you and praising you, and, and I pray that as we go into this time of, of Thanksgiving, that, that all of us will be able to have this attitude, um, not just this week, but all the time. It's in your name we pray, amen. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's Thanksgiving week, uh, time to, to thank God for his blessings that he's given us. And, um, but do these words from Paul to the church in Thessalonica make it sound like this is, should be a, a once-in-a-year type thing? No, they, they don't, not at all. And you guys know that. This isn't a new thought to most of you, but I hope to share with you today some thoughts on, on being able to actually do this, to be able to rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, because it's not easy. Uh, it sounds really good, doesn't it? Hey, yeah, just rejoice and, and pray and, and give thanks all the time. Yeah, that's all we need to do. I mean, that sounds good. But it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? it it's hard at times. And so today is a, a Thanksgiving sermon, and I actually don't usually... Um, kind of stop the series to pre- preach a, a specific Thanksgiving sermon, but I just felt like led to do that today. I think probably in part because I don't do a very good job myself of this sometimes, of, of, of doing these things, and uh, a lot of times I'm kind of preaching to myself, and so I'm doing that today as well, but I think all of us need to just be able to really do this, not just this week, but all the time, and, and, and so my goal is to have an attitude like this elderly lady, it was Thanksgiving season in the nursing home, and the small resident population was gathered about their humble Thanksgiving table, and the director asked each resident to express one thing for which they were thankful. Thanks were expressed for a home in which to stay and for families, etc. One little old lady in her turn said, I thank the Lord for two perfectly good teeth, one in my upper jaw and one in my lower jaw that match so that I can chew my food. <laughs> I like that. that. That's a good attitude, right? That, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. So many of you are going to gather together this week with family and friends to give thanks. And a lot of times in our minds we have this kind of perfect picture of what a family gathering will look like and what it will be. And, you know, I have many fond memories of, of growing up. And uh, we'd go to my grandma's house on Thanksgiving. And, and my brother and my cousins, we'd play football together. That's, that's all we wanted to do. We'd wear our football jerseys, and, and I would wear my number 12 Roger Staubach jersey. And, and uh, young people, you can Google him. He was a stud for the Cowboys. I'm sure you never heard of him. But um, sometimes we'd wear our football helmets, and, and we did it up. And usually would end with one of the younger cousins crying because they got tackled too hard, and, and uh, they'd go run back. But, you know, we played tackle football, none of this sissy tag football stuff. We were... We were playing tackle football, and it was fun. After lunch, my, my grandpa would fall asleep in his chair, and uh, his mouth would go open, and he could sn- uh, snore like you wouldn't believe. 
I mean, he was one of the loudest snores I've ever heard. And uh, there'd be a TV playing in the background. And it's fond memories. And, you know, as a kid, you don't think about all the, the negative things that seem to come into play in most family gatherings. It's just about having fun. Uh, um, this week, you're going to do your best to give thanks to God. But the truth is that life is hard. And, and sometimes we, we don't feel like rejoicing or, or praying or giving thanks, right? And the reality is that most of you, if you gather together this week at all, it's going to be a less than ideal situation. You're going to be missing some loved ones who are no longer with you, or or some of your family is somewhere else, or it's just going to be not a perfect situation. You know, as a kid, I didn't think much about the fact that my my Grandpa Tony, uh, who was never around because he died the year before I was born, uh, but I'm sure my dad wished that his dad had been around since he was 27 when he passed away. Um, you don't think about those things. And, and the truth is also that most families have some tensions. And there are people that for whatever reason don't get along that well. Uh, many of your families don't even really get together. Maybe you're spread out all over the place. Um, maybe divorce has changed the, the fam- family dynamics. Um, but it's hard. And, and sometimes in my mind, it would be fun to go back to those childhood days when my biggest concern was how much football we got to play as kids. Uh, but life moves on. One thing that doesn't seem to change very much is, is my grandma still being here on this earth because tomorrow she turns 101. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? Um, Statistically, uh, about one in every 7,000 people make it to the age of 100 in the U.S., and they don't even have statistics for how many make it to 101. Um, And so eventually, Grandma will move on from this world, and, um, you know, it's just happened. She she honestly would rather it be sooner rather than later. She's ready to go home and be with her Lord, but um, does anybody personally know somebody that's 101 or older in here okay yeah so several of you yeah um but it doesn't happen very often so um so thankful for my grandma and her life but uh let's go back here to talking about praising and rejoicing for many people it's hard to to rejoice and pray and give thanks this week because of stuff that's going on in their lives i mean every day uh, and just hard stuff um, like our, our passage says, though, just keep doing this. It doesn't say except for when things are hard, right? Um, that's what Paul is saying to this church in Thessalonica. And you think about this, and he's saying this to the church, and we're, I have this stuff going on in my life. It's like, well, how am I supposed to do that? And, and I think it's easy to just pick out verses in the Bible and say, yeah, that. That's what we're supposed to do as but for back then and, and still today. But I think it's helpful to know some of the background for why Paul is telling the church this. And so this isn't just a random bit of encouragement. So I want to talk about that. Um, is Paul telling the, the church this, do you think, because everything was going so well? They didn't have any problems. And they just needed to praise God for that. Do you think? No, not at all. Here's the deal. The church in Thessalonica was a a very young church at the time. Um, Paul, along with Timothy and Silas, they visited Thessalonica early in Paul's second missionary journey. 
<coughs> excuse me, in Thessalonica had a large Jewish population at the time, and over time, a, n- a number of Gentiles had become followers of Christ, or I mean, they had become Jewish, they had become Jews, so a lot of Gentiles, before we get to the Christians, so in the town, before Jesus, a lot of Gentiles had become Jews, they, they would call them God-fearers, and so that was some of the group there, um, and they come in here, and they're starting to talk, but you remember Paul's normal method, he would go into a synagogue and, and talk there and uh, spread the message of Jesus to whoever would listen and kind of show how the, the scriptures are pointing the way to the Messiah. And, and so he did that there. That's what he did. And, and so many of these converted Gentiles who had come to the Jewish faith said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And they became Christians. And then along with many Jews also heard this and they're like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, and, and the Jewish religious leaders, you can imagine, didn't like this at all. And, and I kind of get it, to be honest. Uh, when you think about it, what if someone was outside in the parking lot on Sunday mornings and telling people that, you know, hey, what they're teaching in there is the wrong thing. This is the right thing. This is what you need to follow. And people start saying, oh, yeah, that makes sense. W- we wouldn't like that very much, would we? And, and we'd say, hey, no. Go, go away. Stop doing that. Uh, and, and, you know, I think the Jewish religious leaders, they were, we can look back and we know they were confused about this and they probably had a lot of personal things at stake and some of it was selfish things, but, but they felt like they were protecting the truth. And so they tried to drive them away. Uh, I want to read about it. Actually, in Acts 17, it kind of describes more what was happening uh, on that trip. Verse 1 through 9 says, When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul uh, went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out of the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decree, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. You see, this Christian thing, it was, it was turning a lot of lives upside down. And a lot of people didn't like it. And so they're like, hey, we got to stop this. And so they go try to find Paul and Silas, couldn't find them. So like, oh, here's a Christian. Let's take Jason. Let, let's get him out here. And, and uh, all they're doing is trying to stir things up. So what happened? That they created controversy. Okay, that they stirred things up against Paul. They said, "Hey, these guys have caused trouble all over the world. Not just here; they're going everywhere and doing this." And and they're saying that there's another king. Oh yeah, another king besides Caesar. 
You know, that another name for Caesar is Roman emperor. And people started to say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, they can't do this. They're messing things up. Did they really say that, you know, did the Jews really think, oh, Caesar's our king, we're only following him? No, they just followed the Roman government because they had to, right? They, they weren't really looking to him as their king, um, but they were just doing whatever they could to, to stir people up. And, and we see this in politics all the time uh, on both sides. So don't try to think it's one way or the other. Wh no matter which way you lean, if they don't know what to do, they kind of just stir things up about the opposition and to get people to, to, to divert the attention. And the difference in our case is that they would just rather have Paul dead. That would be their, their best solution for this. But we all kind of do this kind of thing. You know, we don't know how to handle something or we're upset about a situation, so we subtly or maybe not so subtly, we kind of put somebody down or, you know, say some things about them behind their back. The Jews, they, they hired some thugs, basically, to try to discredit Paul, stir up controversy. You know, here's a little money, go stir things up. And, and it, it worked. And so they had to leave. Um, and so the this church of new believers was left behind. And uh, this was probably not after three weeks. It says he was in the synagogue for three weeks. If we look at other kind of clues from the text that probably he was not able to speak in the synagogue after three weeks, but um, may have been there for a period of time and then eventually uh, was driven out. And uh, no matter how long he was there, they were forced out, and he was very concerned about the church. He, you know, he, he understood they're probably still pretty fragile. They're new believers. And so this church, from the very beginning, faced persecution. They faced hardship. And, and I'm sure some of them were starting to say, man, is it worth it? What, what? I don't know if I signed up for this. And so in 1 Thessalonians and then 2 Thessalonians, Paul is is answering questions that have come up, lots of things, uh, about end times, and, and he's addressing various issues, and he's teaching them some things they didn't have time to teach them, but he's also trying to encourage them. And he's encouraging them in the midst of these troubles to keep coming back to Jesus. Okay, thank God for what you have in Jesus. He's not sugarcoating things. Uh, and, you know, Paul knew firsthand that it was going to be hard. Uh, he never taught them that it would, would be easy if you become a Christian. But, but he knew that matter what happened, no matter what happened to his life, and no matter what happened to their lives, they, they can be thankful for what they had in Jesus. Because Jesus changed everything for Paul, right? Uh, in, in fact, the, the New Testament, and Jesus himself is very honest about the Christian life and how hard it can be. And, and if anybody tells you otherwise, that they're not being completely honest with you. In John 16, Jesus said that in this world, you will have trouble. In Matthew 10, Jesus said, you will be hated by everyone because of me. In Matthew 24, he told the disciples that they will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and will be hated by all nations because of me. In John 16, he told his disciples that the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. 
In Acts 14, Paul told the believers that they must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. In 2 Timothy 2, Paul wrote that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Hey, sign me up for that, right? That sounds great. Yeah, let me be a part of that. You know, said no one ever. <laughs> but, but the church in Thessalonica was experiencing the, the, these things firsthand, and Paul was worried about them because they were so young in the faith. And Paul is saying, hey, guys, here's what you need to do. When you're facing all these things, you need to rejoice and pray and give thanks. And I'm sure some of them were thinking, man, man Paul, how is that even possible? Well, here's how it's possible, and it's the main point of my message today, and if you don't remember anything else, uh, remember this. It is possible to be joyful, prayerful, and thankful in all seasons of life because of who you are in Jesus. It is possible to be joyful, prayerful, and thankful in all seasons of life because of who you are in Jesus. Jesus changed everything for the believers then, and he changed everything for every one of us today. Who follow him rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is god's will for you in christ jesus and so because of jesus this this thanksgiving i want us to focus on these three simple things first of all rejoice paul echoed these words to the church in philippi he said rejoice in the lord always i will say it again rejoice and you know all of those early churches faced persecution and Paul is saying, you know, rejoice in the midst of it. Really? Wow. You know, at its core, rejoice means to be very happy. Okay, not just happy, but, but very happy. And, and, and I don't think he's saying you have to be happy about this persecution. Sometimes you just have to endure. But through, but through Jesus... We can endure this and be able to rejoice. Because there's nothing that people on this earth could ever do to change their eternity. Last weekend, Oklahoma had a huge comeback win over Baylor. They were down by 21 at half, and they still won the game. And uh, Abby's a diehard Oklahoma fan, and, and she suffers when they're suffering. And so I asked Abby how, how she was feeling after that game. And she said she was running around the house like a crazy woman, and it was a true miracle. So, and she was rejoicing for, for Oklahoma. She was happy, right? And I, I just thinking about that. Maybe we all need to, to do a little more rejoicing, that kind of rejoicing for who we, have in, who we are in Jesus. I love Abby. But sometimes I think we get so excited about these things, but man, what about being thankful in Jesus? I do the same thing. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he said, pray. Simply pray. Pray continually, not just here and there, but this is about having a, an attitude of prayer all the time. Talk to God through everything. Well, one of my favorite things about sitting in a deer stand each year is, you know, being able to watch the sunrise and, and, and watch the sunset. And it's just awesome to think, man, God, you are, you are so awesome. 
But, you know, I, I also need to praise him every day, not just when I'm in the deer stand, right? Because he's awesome every day, right? Yeah. And, and we forget that. You see, when you're feeling down, we just need to talk to God. When you're feeling good about life, talk to God. When you need wisdom, talk to God. When you, when you don't know what to do, talk to God. And through it all, praise Him for what He's done for you. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul is saying, Church, when you struggle with, with persecution, just pray about it. Talk to me about it. It's God's little remedy. He wants to walk with us on our journey. And then Paul simply says, give thanks. He's saying, church, remember. Remember to give thanks. Not just in the good times, but give thanks always. Be thankful for what you have. And, and I think that's still the call for the church today, to, to give thanks. And, and more than anything else, we can be thankful for who we are in Jesus. You know, we, we define ourselves in a lot of different ways, and, and the world looks at us and defines us in certain ways. We define other people. We look at them, we think, oh, yeah, that person. Um, but to be honest, most of us tend to define ourselves more in negative terms. We, we define ourselves by our, our negative side rather than by our positive side. We define ourselves as, as failing at marriage or or, or failing as a parent, or we define ourselves by the, the, the dead-end job that we're in. We define ourselves by who we are not instead of who we are. We define ourselves by our sin that we struggle with. But well, let me tell you something, friends. As a follower of Christ, you are defined by who you are in Jesus Christ. Number one, before anything else, that's all that matters. Everything else is just details. Do you hear that? I love Galatians 3.26. My favorite verse on baptism. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Jesus Christ. You know, when you're a follower of Jesus, you are a child of God. Hey, you've put on your, your Jesus clothes. Isn't that awesome to think about? Man, God says to us, hey, welcome my family. Come on in. And it's important as we think about this to keep this straight. And I've said this many times over the years, but it's better to, to describe ourselves more something like this. I am a follower of Jesus who struggles with whatever sin you want to fill in the blank with. Okay, because you are not defined by your sin. You are defined by who you are in Jesus. And, and there's a big difference there. Huge difference. Nick Foles, he's the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he used to be for the Eagles and, and uh, in the National Football League. And he was asked about how hard it was for him to, to deal with a pretty major injury recently at a press conference. And, and he broke his clavicle earlier this year. And as a Christian... I just think he nailed the answer. Uh, those reporters, they got a sermon that day, and I, I want to watch that right now, just to give you a glimpse of that. So week after week, not playing, you're a football player. You're watching this young kid go out, this Minchu mania is going crazy. I know you're a man of faith, and I know you're trying, but you're also human. I mean, 
ever any doubts coming up in your mind as you go through that? Or? No, that's where, you know, right when this, right when I felt this thing break and I was going into the locker room, I just realized, you know, I just realized, God, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking when I came to Jacksonville. Obviously, you come here and you want to create a culture and impact people. But at the end of the day, I was like, God, if this is the journey you want me to go on, I'm going to glorify you in every action, um, good or bad. And, you know, I still could have joy in an injury. Um, and that, that's people hear that and say, that's crazy. But it's like when you believe in Jesus and you, you go out there and you play, and that's, that changes your heart. And you only understand it when, you know, that purpose in your life, just like when I hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. The reason I'm smiling is my faith was in Christ in that moment. I realized I didn't need that trophy to define who I was because it was already in Christ. And that's my message when I play. Same thing happens when I get injured. We tend to make this so much about us as human beings. We tend to make it about us as athletes. It's not about us. It really isn't. If you make it about yourself, you're probably going to go home at night, lay your head on your pillow, and be very alone and very sad. And then hopefully someday you can find that purpose in your life because my purpose isn't football, it's impacting people. And I, my, my ministry happens to be the locker room. And I've been able still to get to know people, get to know these guys through an injury. Though I might not be playing, that is difficult from a fleshly perspective, but from the spiritual perspective, from my heart, I've been able to grow as a human being to where I feel like I'm at a better situation here as a person than I was before because of the trial I just went under. And I know that's a sermon in itself, but... That's how I go through life, and the good Lord's been there to, you know, it's not always about prosperity. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I believe if you read the Word of God and you understand it, there's trials along the way, but they equip your heart to be who you are. So um, when I step on the field, I'm going against a man in Frank Reich who's very similar. He's a guy that I admire more than anything. He's a guy that has impacted my life so much, and he's going to be on the opposing sideline. So um, that's going to be fun. Wow, he gets it. Yeah, good stuff, right? Yeah, it's not about, you got the Lombardi Trophy. It's not, it wasn't about that. It's not about that. And, and, and even in the, the midst of his uh, injury, you know, hey, ha, no, it, that's not what it's about. It's not about me. It's about others. And, and, and he is using, this is his platform for ministry. I think we all have a, a platform, you know, somewhere that God is using us. And in, in the midst of the, that, there's tough stuff going on. But God can use that, right, if we let him? And he wants to do that. Ultimately, it's not about Nick Foles. It's about Jesus, and he understands that. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters for any of us is who we are in Jesus. Everything about this world is temporary. Everything that's in this world is going to pass away. It, it all comes back to Jesus. So this morning, wh wherever you're at, if you're struggling with life and, and you're just thinking, how am I supposed to do this? Or, or if things are going really well, it's so important that we're just we're staying near to Jesus. Because you are defined by who you are in Jesus, not by your, your talents, not by your abilities, not by your successes, not by your failures, but who you are in Jesus. You're, you're a child of God. It is so precious. So I said it earlier, let me say it again. It's possibly joyful, prayerful, and thankful in all seasons of life because of who we are in Jesus. I'm going to pray in a minute here, and I, I want to encourage you. We're going to do something a little differently today. Um, there is a note in front of you that says, thank you, God. And we're just going to take some time. 
to write out a, a thank you note to God. You can just take that with you. Um, but I think sometimes we, we, we forget to do this. And, and so I hope this week will be a launching pad into thanking God and rejoicing always. Um, if writing's hard for you, you can just you know, pray as we do that. Um, but let's pray right now, and then we'll take some time to do that. Holy Father, I thank you. Um, thank you for Jesus. And we're in a lot of different places here this morning. Some are kind of feeling like, man, I, I'm not sure what I have to, to be thankful for right now. I, I pray that all of us, whether things are good or bad, we can just keep coming back to you, praising you, rejoicing in you, and giving thanks to you. Help us to do that this week and then all year, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So take some time right now, uh, just you and God. Just write out some thoughts. I have some more papers up here, some pens if you need some.
did not wake 